Yes, you are. Welcome to the podcast. I thank you so much for sticking with me now in uh, episode five. If you can believe such a thing, five episodes in. I know I can't, Uh, but I am glad you're with me. Uh, If you're new and you're just picking up on this episode, first of all, welcome. Appreciate you uh, joining me on this venture. Uh, Just a brief rundown. My name is Russ. I am the host of the Death of a Bachelor podcast. And what we do in this podcast is basically examine my life. I'm too cheap to pay for a shrink. So I'm just airing everything out on a podcast. No, really what it is, is is taking a look at at my life, Um, which, you know, Taking a first look at it might not sound like it'd be that interesting, but here's what happened. I was a bachelor for a long time, like bona fide bachelor pad, living in my own world, no one, you know, to really interfere with it, just doing my own thing. And then next thing you know, I have my fiance, Laura, and her two kids living with me. And it was quite the adjustment, to say the least. Things uh, things got pretty upside down pretty quickly, uh, and actually in a in a very good way. So, what we do is take a look at that transition, and then try and learn something from that, or I show what I learned from that, and hopefully it helps you out along the way. Uh, so it was an interesting weekend for me. I actually did a lot of thinking about the podcast. Um, I had to drive out to a place in Massachusetts called Holyoke. It's just outside of Springfield. Uh, and you know, that's from where I'm coming from in Western New York. It's about a five and a half, six hour drive. So lots of time to think. Uh, and I, I was by myself on this road trip. So I had a lot of time to think about, about this show. And I, I do have to say a small disappointment on my part, because you go to a certain place and you expect to see something a little bit different. Most specifically the signs you're expecting to see, or at least I am expecting to see, some sort of unique crossing sign. And I'm in Massachusetts, and I did not see one single lobster crossing sign. Seriously. I mean, come on. Even when, like, ironically, someone have one, a lobster crossing sign. Why don't I see that? I, I was in Florida. I saw a panther crossing sign. I was in Vermont. I saw a moose crossing sign. I was in Pennsylvania. I saw a railroad crossing sign. I mean, you know, it doesn't really work, but you get what I'm saying. Something that's indigenous to that area. I did not see a lobster crossing. I was kind of disappointed by that. Um, But that thinking kind of brought in this week's episode, which will be the road trip episode. And the reason I'm focusing on that is because I love taking road trips. Um, You know, it's so much so that I actually at one point, believe it or not, actually thought about writing a book about driving. 
And, you know, there was a, an actual story that went along with it. It wasn't just the mechanics of driving. Um, but that was like the main focus of it was driving. And I was so convinced that it was a surefire success that I'd already planned to make a movie off of the money I made from the book. And sadly, I was not like seven or eight when I had this idea. No, I was a full grown man and thought that was a good idea. Not always the sharpest knife in the drawer. Um, but now I walk away and I think about it and say, how ridiculous. Who could actually make a movie that's successful and just focus it primarily around cars? I mean, who would make a movie around cars, let alone like, you know, two or three? That's just crazy talk. Um, but I will say my love for road trips actually goes back to being a kid um, you know, when I was, you know, taking taking trips with my parents, I remember it well. We would load up the car and, and take these road trips, and I loved them. My dad would be singing to the top of his lungs, slamming on the, the steering wheel like a madman, usually singing along to some uh, Moody Blues or Chicago. And it was just, it was so much fun to me. Um, at least that's the way I remember it. I'm sure at one point it was not as much, um, but we, we took frequent road trips and it was a blast to me. And that kind of instilled with me, my love of road trips to the point where, you know, even to this day, I look forward to loading up the car by myself, hitting the road and taking off. It's a little bit different, you know, when you have kids involved, but you know, when it's just you. You know, like, I love people. I'm a people guy. But sometimes you want your bubble. You know what I mean? Like, you just want to live in your bubble. You want to be in the car, do what you want to do, go where you want to go, and just be you. And, and I personally really look forward to that. And, you know, you just want to get out there, and, and you want to hit the road. You want You want the wind blowing through the car with the windows down. You know, you're driving fast, but you're not really in a hurry to get anywhere. You know, if you, if you get there in an hour or if you get there in three, doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter how you get there. It's just fun. And, and that was how I approached it. But I'm going to break up what I love about road trips and how it changes with the kids in three different sections, starting with the music. If you've been listening, you know, you know, it, it's certainly no stranger you know, you're, you're no stranger to knowing that music is a big part of my life, um, that I'm a, a huge fan of music, as most people are. And when I take a road trip, especially, you know, in, in the early days, quote unquote, I'd have a stack of CDs and, you know, maybe even make a mix CD for a special occasion, um, and, and, you know, and they vary from like No Doubt to Neil Young you know, to the Beatles, to Black Sabbath, just like all kinds of different stuff to Marilyn Manson, who knows, just all kinds of different stuff, because you never know what kind of mood you're in. Um, sometimes you just go rogue and try to find a really cool radio station in that area. I remember one time I was driving through Pennsylvania, and it was one of those really hilly parts of Pennsylvania. And you maybe get one or two channels if you're lucky, but I locked into this one country radio station. And I'm not not a huge country fan, but this song Strawberry Wine came on and I was like, that's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. 
it was just a really cool moment. And the next song was garbage. So I turned it off and probably put on a CD, but that's what, you know, would be cool. And then if you had, you know, once technology changes, obviously the listening habits change with it. And all of a sudden you make a playlist and you load up hundreds of songs and that's the best. You're like, all right, this is what I'm in the mood for right now. Or Hey, sometimes you just go kind of nuts and just hit shuffle. Now that is what rebels do. You just hit shuffle and who knows what comes up. Some song that you haven't heard in a while, like uh, Love Fool from the Cardigans. I actually, I love blasting that song. I have no idea why. Or No Diggity from Blackstreet. Something like that comes on. It changes your mood. Or, you know, if you're getting a little bit tired, there's nothing better than that song that you love to sing along to. Enter Laura. (laughs) And all of a sudden, that playlist... That, I, that you work so hard for that, that you know, you're picking out all the, all the songs that you haven't heard in a while or that, you know, will like, you know, bring out a certain, you know, conversation point or, you know, just will set a mood to a certain point in the road trip. All of a sudden that playlist gets turned down for meaningful conversation. Come on. What is that? Um, but yeah, the the playlist all of a sudden doesn't matter. Or you scan around to find a cool station and you find a local sports talk station and you're trying to relate it to her. And she answers back with, I don't know who they are. Were they in space jam? That's a real conversation that happened by the way. (laughs) So it changes significantly and the kids, oh my God, forget about the kids. The kids, we took this road trip to Boston. And it was the first real road trip that we took together with the kids. So we we're like, okay, that's a, you know, six, seven hour drive to get all the way to the coast. So we're going to want to really load them up. So we got their tablets, their, you know, the, the iPod, throw thousands of songs on there. And we actually took a lot of time to pick them out because we're like, okay, sure, they're doing their own thing. But this is going to be like our chance to give them a music education. We're going to, you know, oh, they would love the Black Keys. You know, Merle would love the Black Keys. We'll put them on there. And, oh, my God, Madison would, you know, she would love the Carpenter's Love Fool probably. Let's throw that on there. And doesn't matter. Because what they end up doing is listening to the same two or three songs over and over. I kid you not, for the entire six hours. I can only hear Wrecking Ball so many times. And you're not even listening to it. Like, I'm listening to something else. I'm just listening to these kids in the back seat singing along to the song. That'll drive you crazy. Or or what does the fox say? I, I don't know. He, he says, pull the car over and scream into a pillow is what the fox says. Because I can't hear that song again because of that road trip. So, yeah, the, the music part of it changes significantly when when kids are involved. You know, then you take it to the second phase of the road trip that I truly love. And that is the actual drive. Excuse me. And you know, some, some drives are just brutal. If you're anybody who spent any time in a car, um, you know, taking a road trip, you know, there's some stretches of roads like between Cleveland to Cincinnati is just terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm an Ohio state fan. So I love Columbus, but, that stretch between Cleveland and Cincinnati is death. Like that is the worst. And yeah, all of a sudden like, Oh, Columbus, Hey, there it is. There's a city. Nope. And now we're done. Now we're back to nothing. Um, 
Yeah, that, that is the worst. But then there's those other drives where all of a sudden you turn a corner and there's a lake and it doesn't have a single ripple on it. It's just like a sheet of glass and there's like a reflection of all the, you know, uh, the autumn leaves changing on the tree surrounding the lake. It, it's, this is totally my Garrison Keeler episode. I feel like it was a great day at Lake Wobegon. Um you get those moments or, you know, you drive and I've had this happen before where you just pass through a small town and you see this like tiny broken down church. And me personally, I look at that and think, wow, that's really cool. Cause you know what? I bet like a hundred years ago, somebody got married in that church and the whole town was there and it was an event and that's really cool. And I, you know, now it's this broken down thing, but that's really cool to think, you know, that that kind of history lives there. Yeah. Kids don't care. <laughs> they don't care about such things. As a matter of fact, we we took a trip this past summer to the Adirondacks. A lovely drive. One of my favorites, actually. Because there's this one part where, for us personally, we cut through Utica. And you start going up through, uh, like, Amish country. And it doesn't seem like much until you get to this one hill. And as soon as you hit the top of the hill, it's mountains and forests. As far as the eye can see, I kid you not, it's beautiful. And, you know, the kids are just not interested. We're already getting, are we there yet? And we're halfway there. Um, you know, still got like a couple hours left in the drive. And I finally just had enough. And I'm like, no, guys, look around. Really appreciate the environment around you. You're seeing some beautiful landscape. Really appreciate it. Well, we happen to be raising two of the most sarcastic kids on the face of the earth. So they took what I said and cranked it up to 11. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, look, a mailbox. Wow. Hey, look, a tree. Wow. Hey, look, it's a horse and a carriage and a buggy. Okay, that's actually really cool. So, you know, it takes a little bit more work to get them to appreciate the surroundings. They're just the worst. <laughs> and and then there's their third chapter, if you will, of the road trip for me. And that is the actual destination, the, the place you were going. And, you know, obviously, you know, for me, and I'm sure for most of you, if you're driving somewhere, it's to see a person or for an actual event. Um, you know, very rarely are you just popping in a car and just going somewhere. Uh, but when I'm in a certain place, I like to try to explore the surroundings, find something unique to that area. Um, in Pittsburgh, there's the Andy Warhol Museum. Super cool. Uh, Virginia Beach has an amazing aquarium. Loved it. Had a great time there. Um, one of my, one of my favorite random stop-ins, I was in Cleveland on purpose. And I was there to see uh, the Foo Fighters were touring with Weezer opening up. If that's not enough, the Kaiser Chiefs were opening for them. Most of you probably have no idea who the Kaiser Chiefs are, but they're a really cool little English band uh, out of Leeds. They're great. Uh, and I was, to be honest, I was more excited about them because they were like just starting out and I knew who they were and not a lot of the other people did. And the fact that they were playing with these two like mammoths of rock like, that's super cool. So I'm in town to see the show. I'm like, you know what? I haven't been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in a few years. I'm going to stop in. Who do I see in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame but the Kaiser Chiefs? 
thank you very much. And it was, it was almost cliche that they were huddled around the John Lennon monument, you know, checking that out, the glasses, um, the paper that he wrote Imagine on, stuff like that. Um, but I didn't go and talk to them because I felt such guilt that the only reason I had their CD is because I burned a copy. I didn't even buy it. Um, that I wouldn't go and talk to them, which I certainly realized after the fact was ridiculous when I see them on stage thinking I could have gone up and talked to them and they would have been totally cool with it because nobody else had any idea who they were. Um, totally missed opportunity there. But there's just these real, these random things that you just stumble onto, you know, when, when you're taking a road trip by yourself. And if you want to drive an extra hour to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you can do it because, you know, you're on your own schedule. You're in your own bubble. Not so much with kids. With kids, it becomes, you become the most time efficient that you possibly can because I am not efficient with most things. But man, you get kids involved. It is get me from point A to point B as quickly as I can. If I have to drive through a ravine, I will because we are getting there. If I have to hear, are we there yet one more time, I'm going to pull more hair out and I don't have that much more to lose. Um, and I tell you, until you actually have kids in the car, you don't understand how frustrating that phrase is. Like, you know, it's always a joke. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? When it's actually happening, not so much a joke. <laughs> so there, there is that part of it. And, you know, and when you have kids in a location, you have to be a little bit more selective with what you do. Um, for instance, took that trip to Boston. Great time. We went whale watching. It was amazing. A, this whale breached right next to the boat. It was amazing. Got it on camera. Uh, it was a really cool moment. We, we ended up going to Plymouth Rock and checking out the Mayflower 2. That's right. They made a sequel to the Mayflower. This time, it's personal make sequels out of everything nowadays but even still it was really cool to just to see you know it was an exact replica of the original mayflower um and, and it was you know yeah sure historical maybe not the most exciting but pretty cool and pretty rare to see so that couple cool restaurants all this stuff that we do what when we asked them what their favorite part of the trip was what do you think they said the pool at the hotel because it had a really cool slide. Are you kidding me? We spent all that money doing all those other things and you would have been fine just staying in the pool. That would have been so much cheaper. <laughs> just the pool. That was their, that was their favorite part. And this is, this is what I'm thinking of. The whole drive back from Massachusetts this weekend. I'm thinking of, of all these scenarios and all these things that change from when you're just driving open road by yourself to when you actually have kids involved. And you're probably thinking, wow, you really must, you know, prefer taking these road trips by yourself. You're probably going to want to do that more often. And you'd be wrong. Even with everything I just laid out there, I would much rather have had them there. Because, yeah, while I had to hear Wrecking Ball for six hours, you know, it ended up becoming 
humorous. And then you start joining in with them and singing with them. And, you know, when they took a break and you try to introduce them to a song like Bohemian Rhapsody, it was a ton of fun because then all of a sudden you realize, hey, they already know this song and you start singing along. Um, You know, with the driving, yeah, it it was maybe a little bit annoying that they were poking fun of me and, you know, then starting to overappreciate every single thing we drove by. But you know what? It was hilarious and it was a moment and it, it made something memorable out of that drive, which probably wouldn't have been there at least for them before that. And, you know, then as far as, you know, being at the place with the destination, yeah, the, the pool might be what stood out because that was a ton of fun for them. And in their defense, that slide was awesome. I went down it about 50 times myself, but you know what? They had a black, like to see how funny they thought it was when the, uh, the docent at the Mayflower told them that kids drank beer for breakfast because it was considered a meal. They thought that was hilarious. Um, and as much as it was a long, cold day driving out to see the whales, when that whale came up next to the boat, the look on their faces was priceless. So that made it totally worth it. So the thing, if I've learned anything, and I think I have, what I learned all of this is your bubble is bigger than you think it is. I don't know how I made that sound dirty, but I feel like somehow I did. Um, But seriously, you can expand your bubble. We all like to live in our bubble, but you know what? There is more room. And, you know, yeah, we like to experience things on our own because we get to our own call. You get your own say and do do whatever you want to do. But you know what? It's never as good as when you have somebody there to experience it because then all these cool things, you get to look at it from a totally different perspective. And that, to me, is really what it's all about, is now seeing things through these kids' eyes, and even in Laura's eyes, to realize, you know what, Kevin Durant doesn't really mean anything because he wasn't in Space Jam. Now, that one I'm not getting over anytime soon, but anyway, that's what I've learned from this one. Make room in your bubble, let people in, you're going to have a happier life because of it, and a happier road trip experience, in my case. Thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 5, Death of a Bachelor. I really appreciate it. If you have any suggestions or comments, RussBurtonEntertainment.com is where you're going to go for that. I greatly appreciate it. Love to hear anything you have to say. Have a great week. Be good to each other.